The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Save our wildlife, save the environment, save our world. It all starts with a little knowledge. Welcome to Our Wild World with Ellie Weiss. There is so much that's being done and can be done with help from specialists and marginalized community groups to you. We'll discuss the future of Africa, the wildlife, and the people, and show you how it affects the entire planet. Now, here is Ellie Weiss from the Wild Eyes Foundation. Good morning and welcome to Our Wild World. Today we're talking universities and mascots, those mascots that are animals and those universities that are working very hard to create a concept and school clubs and a place and a forum and a venue where their students can more identify with the living animal itself and work towards conservation. So today we're focused on tigers and elephants. And uh, one of my guests, Sean Carnell, from the National Tigers for Tigers Coalition, has been on this program before, so I would really suggest our listeners to look him up on our host page there under the guest tabs. He's been with us a couple of times, and you'll get a really good idea of the background and some of the history of the National Tigers for Tigers Coalition and how it links to Clemson University and Tigers for Tigers there. And we have Madeline McMillan representing that group and student body. And then we're going to go over to Alabama, the University of Alabama and their organization called Tide for Tusks. So we're going to wrap all this together. So how about we start with you, Sean, and give us just a little bit of background. Sure. Well, thank you, Ellie, so much for having us on the show. We really appreciate coming back, and, and thank you for this opportunity. I think this is going to be a really insightful conversation for your listeners. Um, so I guess a little bit of background. I kind of want to start off by discussing mascot conservation and sort of what does that mean. So in terms of tigers, uh, you know, we know that there are a lot of endangered species out there, whether we're talking about elephants, rhinos, tigers, pangolins, uh, and even other variety of other plant species throughout the world. And um, you know, the, the, some of the major threats to tigers is only 3,200 remaining in the wild. They're suffering from habitat loss, poaching, human-wildlife conflicts, disease, climate change, and others. And so when we look across the United States, we had a really interesting idea back at Clemson University where our mascot happens to be a tiger. And there is so much school, sp- so much school pride and, and identity that we have at Clemson University. I mean, we used to wake up at 7.30 a.m. on Saturdays in the fall to go tailgate for our football games. And so because we have this such identity and, and massive pride in our, in our mascot's a tiger, we sort of looked around and said, what are we actually doing for our mascot in the wild? And then we started to broaden up this question a little bit further 
We notice that there are 56 Tiger mascot universities across the country. There's 450,000 enrolled college students, and there's 6.5 million fans that all self-identify with their university and their Tiger mascot. And so there's such an immense opportunity for us to uh, to activate this tribe and activate fans and, and, and students within our communities to participate in wildlife conservation and feel really, really good about making the difference on the ground. And so that's sort of how Tigers for Tigers has, has evolved over the past couple of years. And uh, we're really thinking we're, we're close and we're excited about this concept of, of mascot conservation. And I know I'm really excited to hear uh, Madeline talk about what's going on at Clemson University and Rita talking about um, their experiences with Tigers for Tusk at the University of Alabama. Um, and so from a national coalition standpoint, where we're seeing this going forward is Tigers for Tigers is about sort of three different things. How do we uh, work together to empower students and fans to get actively involved in meaningful conservation efforts on the ground? Um, how can we partner and work with academic institutions to get involved in, in research or study abroad programs, et cetera? And then how do we develop the next generation of future conservation leaders? And, and Madeline, like herself, has been an absolutely uh, incredible person and a rock star at Clemson Tigers for Tigers. And, um, you know, I think we need to figure out how do we sort of reward and capitalize on those experiences that Madeline's getting through Tigers for Tigers so that when she's graduate, um, she has experiences on her resume that make her stand out of the crowd. So um, that's a little bit about Tigers for Tigers. And once again, thanks for having us on the call. Oh, absolutely. And thank you, Sean, for that update. And I do want to point out one thing so that our listeners understand there are um, – I, I hear wave sounds, but um, that's kind of nice. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> where we started with Sean before, at uh, the first he started at Clemson University, and now he's made a very big move to D.C. at the headquarters of National Tigers for Tigers Coalition. So having Madeline with us at Clemson makes a, um, a nice roundabout and tells us what's happening at the university. So, Madeline, why don't you tell us a little about you, your role, and what it is you're doing at Clemson. Sure, absolutely. And again, thank you so much for having us on. This is a great opportunity. Um, yeah, so My pleasure. It's, this am, is a great yeah. conversation. Good. Um, I am a senior biological sciences major at Clemson University, and I actually heard about Tigers for Tigers before I even came to Clemson. Uh, I had heard about it through a student who was involved in Tigers for Tigers, and she was telling me uh, in high school, she came back to visit my high school, and she was telling me, there's this really awesome organization, and we help protect our tiger mascot, and I've always loved animals. Uh, I've always been passionate about helping animals, so I knew back in high school, like, this is what I want to be involved in when I come to Clemson. So I joined my very first semester freshman year, and I've just kind of had the opportunity to become a leader in Tigers for Tigers through different officer positions, and now I am the president at Clemson University's Tigers for Tigers. And it's really awesome to see how much it's grown just in the four years that I've been here. Uh, we've seen a huge increase in the awareness on campus uh, about who we are. Now, back my freshman year, people – May have been, may have heard about us like briefly, didn't really know what we did, maybe never heard of us at all. But now we're seeing a lot more proportion of students and faculty and staff even at Clemson, and they know who we are. I mean, they know Clemson Tigers for Tigers. That's amazing, Sean. You have to be so proud hearing that because you were at this in the very, very beginning when I met you in 2013 at the uh, Ivory Crush, wasn't it? 
in Denver? It was. Yeah, so it was. it's come a long, long way. So we have one more part to this uh, piece to this little puzzle, or I'm not going to even call it a puzzle. I'm going to call it to this social movement organization. Um, we have Rita Strickland, and you are with Tide for Tusks at the University of Alabama. So we've switched species, still endangered. I gather the elephant is the uh, University of Alabama's mascot. So how? first tell us about t- you and Tide for Tusks, and then we're going to kind of pull all of this together. Uh, thank you, Ellie. Well, I uh, am a graphic designer, and I worked uh, at the University of Alabama as a professional staff member, and I was involved in an organization called the Professional Staff Assembly. I was the president of that group, and after a meeting, I had someone come up to me and say, what are we going to do about the elephants? And I said, I, what do you mean? What are we going to do about the elephants? And we started this conversation, and I learned that our beloved mascot uh, is in danger from poaching. And so I started an adventure uh, with a, a friend of mine, Randy McCready, who also worked, who works at the University of Alabama in the Alabama Museum of Natural History. And um, we made presentations to groups on campus talking about the numbers of, of elephants that die a day, that die, a mi- a, that die every 15 minutes. Yep. And um, so we basically spent an entire year doing presentations to professional groups, faculty senate, administrators, faculty, students, SGA, and everyone was willing to help with, with an awareness program, uh, but there wasn't a central location for our group. And at this point, I had 25 years in at UA, and I I wanted to go back to school and get my master's and teach. And Randy was retiring, so we decided that we would create a nonprofit organization that would focus on awareness, and we would become the support system for a mascot conservation program that would involve students and faculty. Uh, And we feel it's important to support groups and organizations on the ground in Africa that are on the front lines. And as a nonprofit organization, we could work with groups in Africa, uh, and we've joined up with African Wildlife Trust and Ivory Orphans in Tanzania. And our main focus is working with students and faculty at the University of Alabama, uh, especially the Tide for Tusk student group, which began this year. Uh, and we had 300 students sign up on Get On Board Day. Uh, and then Randy and I teach a class in honors in the Honors College that's called the African Elephant Project. Um, and so that's tied for Tusk in a nutshell. And we really want to help students get some hands-on experience on the ground uh, in conservation and social entrepreneurship. And then if they would like to travel to Africa to arrange it, to, to make sure that they can get over there and see these beautiful animals in the wild. Well, this is, this is fabulous. I can see the natural fit between the two universities. And I do want to point out one big thing that we didn't talk about yet. And, Sean, you just had a huge campaign. So Clemson and Alabama are rivals on the football t- field, right? But you guys came together. <laughs> <laughs> and on uh, the, the the game last Monday, and I think another game coming up, you're working together 
to bring this mascot and athletic teams and identifying with the mascots together. So tell us just a little bit. We've got some time left here um, about this enormous national campaign that you did between these two universities supporting both elephants and tigers. Yeah, sure. So um, when we recently started working with Tide for Tusk, uh, we, you know, we realized that uh, Clemson University and the University of Alabama had the top two teams in the country. And, you know, I'm still still a little sad about the results of that game, <laughs> that game being a, a diehard Clemson fan. But um, Clemson and, and Alabama played each other for the national championship game as a huge spotlight, both amazing teams, huge rivalries. And, and we said, you know, if, if these two pl- teams end up playing together, and we didn't find out until uh, early on in January after a couple of bowl games, um, we said, you know, is there, is there a way to sort of rally our fans to support wildlife conservation? And so we said, look, at the end of the day, we can't agree on a lot of things. We can't agree on who has the best tailgate party, who has the best stadium, who has the best fight song. You know, we're, we're not going to agree on that. That rivalry is always going to be there. But what we can agree on is that we love our teams and we love our mascots. And through that, if we truly love our teams and we truly care about our mascot, whether we're tigers or elephants, let's do something about it. Let's protect our mascot. So we developed a, a social media campaign. We had uh, tremendous support from the University of Alabama and Clemson University um, backing us on our, on our social media campaign and buzz um, to sort of talk about mascot conservation and sort of rally support from our fans to support uh, their mascot programs in the wild. And I think this was a fantastic awareness building campaign for both teams um, and both administrations um, got a lot out of it. And I thought it was a huge success. Well, this is fabulous. So this is a really prime opportunity to mention to our listeners, go look up the National Tigers for Tigers Coalition and look up uh, the Tigers for Tigers at Clemson University and look up Tide for Tucks at University of Alabama. So the one thing I also noticed between the two different groups here, Tigers to Elephant, is Sean and Madeline, you started from the student body working your way up into the administration. Sean, you've gone even a step further and moved to D.C., so you're a lot more closer, you're a, lot, a lot closer, sorry, poor English, a lot closer to the um, movers and shakers of, and policymakers. And then now we've got Rita over here um, from the administration side working down into the student body. So it, are you finding that it is, it, it's a smooth, um, I, don't, I don't want to say transition, pulling a collaboration? Is it a smooth collaboration pulling this together despite the rivalries? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, everything was smooth. Uh, you know, both sides had a tremendous amount of input. Both sides had, had great strengths and brought a lot to both teams. And uh, I thought a collaboration couldn't have gone of any better. Um, you know, I think it's fantastic to learn from, from readers' experiences working with the administration from a faculty approach. And, you know, Madeline has a tremendous grassroots experience in campaigning efforts with students. So there's lots of mesh um, there in terms of sharing best practices and ideas. And this last campaign, I thought it you know, we worked extremely well together and we're truly thankful for that. That's great. So once again, that's tigersfortigers.org. That's their website. And we have tiedfortusks, all one word, .org to find out more about um, the University of Alabama's work. So Rita, you said you were a graphic designer. We have a couple of minutes left here. What did you do in terms of this national um, championship game that was going on? Are you also involved in 
creating some of the, the, the creative visual arts for all of this? Um, well, Tide for Tusk, I do all the graphic arts and the website and anything and um, social media person uh, because it's just Randy and I that, that are working with the students. And uh, we delegate as much as we can for the student work. But um, I had images of elephants because we traveled to Africa uh, over the summer. Uh, and so I just lent my talent to this project. I'm not necessarily a conservationist. Um, in that I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I do care for the elephants. So I just give of my natural talent. And so um, I just made myself av- available for this project to this team. That's great. And I'm looking at your website, and it is beautiful. And you have, you're also um, talk, you sort of tied into the 96 Elephants Project, which is Wildlife Conservation Society, and we haven't yet mentioned the National Wildlife Refuge, so um, we'll get into that in the next section. But you have a wonderful quote here. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Sounds almost like a Dr. Seuss quote, but it's the truth, and it comes. it brings in this whole concept of One Health, and that One Health is about all of us participating and making a change and making a difference and being able to connect to, uh, as Sean said, 450,000 students and the sports teams and the athletic teams and the mascots and travel to Africa, uh, Madeline, Oops, I'm sorry. No, Rita, you traveled to Tanzania, and Sean had taken students to India. Um, it's an amazing pulling together. So um, this is probably a really good point to a spot to just step away for a break. We're going to take a short break, but stick with us with my guests, Sean Carnell, Madeline McMillan, and Rita Strickland, and we'll be right back. Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. 
Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to Our Wild World. And welcome back. This is Our Wild World and my guests, Tigers for Tigers Coalition, the National Tigers for Tigers Coalition, the Tigers for Tigers at Clemson University, and Tide for Tucks. Tusks at University of Alabama. So um, we ended the first section on a nice background of who my guests are today and what they're doing. And as you can tell, even though this is a program about our wild world, and I am a conservationist and have been working in this field for 30 years in terms of wildlife conservation, um, it doesn't take a conservationist per se to get involved and make a difference in saving wildlife. You can do it from anywhere you're at and what's so great about my three guests today is they're each a part of a university and they're creating an avenue, a venue, and a forum and campaigns for students to identify with their mascot. In this case, we're talking tigers and we're talking elephants. So, Sean, what we didn't get to in the first section is um, you are now partners with the National Wildlife Refuge Association. That's a big deal. Tell us why. It is. Um, it's, it's a fantastic relationship. We are now, Tigers for Tigers is now a program under the National Wildlife Refuge Association, and I'm now their spirit campaign manager for the Refuge Association. And uh, we met David Houghton, the president of the Refuge Association, uh, at our first conference at Clemson University in 2013. And from there, he decided to hire me as a consultant, um, which allowed us to continue to grow and develop the coalition. And I recently got hired full-time in October, and so it's been a fantastic relationship. They have provided so much tremendous support and guidance and growing and molding the coalition, and we really couldn't be here without them. And so um, they've been truly fantastic, and they're housing our program, and the program's only thriving with their support. Well, I, I'd, I'd like to just rephrase one thing. You were there without them because you started this, so you were there and you created it. What's so fabulous about what all of you have been able to accomplish is um, scaling up the partnerships and that's that's fantastic, and congratulations on your uh, new job title, uh, Thank you. Sean. That's that's great. So, um, what's it, it's so important for listeners, just in case you don't quite understand, in being connected to a nonprofit, is it allows a the donor uh, community to receive yes the tax acknowledgement, but it allows a much wider scope and scale when you have these partnerships between nonprofits and universities and everything that both organizations can reach out to it 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 um exponentially grows 
the outreach. So, Madeline, I'd like, excuse me, uh, Rita, I'd like to go back to you for just a minute. So, you're a teacher, and you're teaching this class, and you went to Tanzania, and um, you worked. So, what was that trip about? Did you take students with you, or was it just you and Randy? Uh, We were able to take one student and a faculty member, Um, and so the four of us traveled, and our world, my world just changed. Everything just opened up to see these beautiful animals in the wild uh, will just change your life. But also to get involved in the culture um, and to listen to guides when they would take you out. They know so much about uh, nature. They know so much about these animals. And then to see a student who uh, was in the first ever type or tusk class. Um, to, Have their to eyes what, awakened? Yes. It was just, you, you know, uh, you would just, it, it, we made sounds because there weren't words to use. <laughs> you just go, ah, oh, uh, And so it's just really great to see a student um, come alive and to bring that back to campus. Uh, and, and it's then really the op- great to hear it in your voice. It, you brought it back too, not just the student. Yeah. And, you know, that new relationship in Africa, either you either get bit by the Africa bug or you hate it. And even if you love it, you still have a love-hate relationship with it. Because after all this time and all the conservation work that we've been doing for the past 50 to 100 years, it's not working. That model has got to change. And that's what the three of you working together with the National Wildlife Refuge System and working on the ground in the related countries where your your animal mascots are, this is going to create the social movement that makes the change. Because Africa is not changing and Africa sort of has to wake up and realize that it has its resources, and elephants are that resource, and redefine the value system. So every new person that gets to see an elephant in the wild, as opposed to the zoo or a circus, is awakened. And it makes that connection, and it is so much bigger than what we have right here in the U.S. We often don't get that experience. So that leads me to you, Madeline. Did you get to go to India? Have you seen a tiger in the wild? No, ma'am. I haven't had the opportunity. Um, we do have that for other Clemson Tigers for Titan students. Um, they always, we have a trip that goes every year to India to see tigers, but myself, I have not been able to go. Well, I, I wish you, I could. I, I hope you get to do that one day because, as Sean, we talked about on a previous episode, uh, a follow-up from the student trip that went to India, and it's a life-changing experience um, to see these animals in their own habitat versus captivity, which is, um, or farming, which is a subject for another show at another time. And that, interestingly enough, Sean, that is um, your mentor, um, Dr. Uh, Tomkin, who is working on that. So hopefully we'll be able to carry this further and talk about that side. So, um, Sean, this reminds me of something we had talked about when we were catching up, that you um, have branched out into Russia. Yeah, we did. Uh, we started doing a little bit of work, um, you know, Russia and Alaska and the United States. We typically some very similar landscape, definitely in Alaska and, and the Russian Far East and Vladivostok. And, you know, when we think about, we're sort of thinking about conservation and how we sort of establish 
uh, more relevancy um, within local communities and establishing resiliency when dealing with large predators, whether we're talking about wolves, bears, or tigers. And so um, we've been working with WWF, WWF Russia and a variety of other conservation practitioners um, in the Russian Far East and protected area managers um, by which we, we brought over U.S. Um, refuge staff who are specializing in human wildlife conflict issues and human wildlife conflict mitigation. Uh, and we uh, traveled to Russia to uh, compare and contrast sort of our differences in conservation models, but also to talk about how we can improve our human wildlife conflict uh, mitigation strategies and techniques, which overall sort of build community support uh, for wildlife conservation and also sort of improve this value of nature, this altruistic value that we all loved, whether we're looking at tigers or elephants or even bears and other uh, domestic wildlife that we have in the United States. And so that was a, a truly fantastic initiative that we started and, and hope to continue in the Russian Far East and, and working to establish more relevancy in making wildlife conservation um, more top of, uh, tip of the tongue and in the, in the front of your mind when you're thinking about these larger landscapes. And you've used two really good words that I think are going to sum up that sort of finished 2015 but are going to sum up 2016, resiliency and relevance. And if we can find and create the relevance connection to a mass amount of people, then we can help improve the resiliency of these animals in the wild to adapt to the changes that we're creating um, on our, our, our planet. So all three of you, I'm sure, are familiar whether you're a conservationist or not earlier you said sean there were 3200 tigers in the wild well we've been saying that number for about 10 years now and um it should change right. shouldn't it so um right. it, we have to find these numbers growing uh in the wild so working with russian tigers the siberian tiger and the uh um Bengal tiger in India. You're not working with the Sumatran yet. Hopefully that will happen one day. And now in Tanzania, does Tide for Tusks have any plans to expand beyond Tanzania? Oh, yes. We're, we would, um, I think we're pretty open. <laughs> uh, our president, uh, the President Bell, said in a statement that, uh, that he agrees that we need to do something to protect elephants. But what is that something? And so each day we um, are presented new opportunities, just like this uh, Tigers for Tigers uh, opportunity. And we're, we're open. We're willing to go uh, and do whatever it takes to make a difference. This is so fabulous because working on the administrative side, um, I definitely want to keep in touch with you because I have so many um, – suggestions of opportunities that could really benefit from your skill sets um, as a teacher, from your skill sets in setting up the nonprofit, and from being eyes wide open to learning about the issues, because as you said, you're not a conservationist, but it doesn't, that is not the, the main skill set, and that's a kind of a um, loose term anyway, because conservation is changing. It's not about a person and a specific skill set. It's about all of us changing and adapting to a different lifestyle. So um, lots of places and, and other programs on this show itself would give you a lot of opportunities to meet up with some other people. Um, Tanzania does have one of the largest populations of elephants. It's also one of the main routes where yes. elephant trafficking and wildlife crime 
time uh, heads out of the continent over to Asia between Tanzania and Kenya. So it's really important areas. So um, anyway, I talked enough for there. So we've got um, some time left here. So let's talk about uh, is Tide for Tusks also working with the National Wildlife Refuge Association or... Or how does that work? How, how are the two or three organizations between Tide for Tusks, Tigers for Tigers, National Coalition, and National Wildlife Association, and Clemson, how is it all coming together? This is still a fairly new um, collaboration. And uh, I think we were testing the waters. Um, and work, we all worked very well together. And I think from the response that we had that we're onto something. Absolutely. Uh, and <laughs> Sean uh, is the ringleader. <laughs> Sean's the one that would uh, kind of hurt us in and say very gently, maybe we should go in this direction. And so his <laughs> expertise has uh, just, I've learned so much from this. And um, so I'm, again, we are open to um, any partnership collaboration. This is fascinating, and Sean, you are a whirlwind of energy. You roped me in when we first met and couldn't stop talking. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you are an amazing person, and I, I, I think you're aware of that, but I just want to reiterate, with that kind of energy, it gives me hope between the three of you, Madeline, Rita, and Sean, and a conversation I just had a little while ago with Philip Tedeschi at the University of Denver and the Institute for Human-Animal Connection, it's all coming together. There is a huge, I'd say in 2015, we passed the tipping point, and now we are in the paradigm shift. So we've got a couple minutes here until the break. Where? Let's start with you, Madeline. Where do you want to take this to the next step? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, like you were just saying, there's hope. I, I mean, I've seen so much, I have so much hope for the tiger mascot in the wild, um, just from what I've seen with the student impact and now with the National Tigers for Tigers Coalition getting lots of other students on board across America, um, where I hope it would go. I mean, I just hope it keeps continuing to get bigger and bigger to where Clemson's Tigers for Tigers is one of the biggest organizations on Clemson's campus. And I'd love to see you're breaking up there Madeline with athletics and the administration and um, I just love to see that uh, I was just saying I, would, I really hope that uh, it just becomes bigger and bigger and that more big players at Clemson come on board and really get behind this message that's great so um, are there what we've got like a, a minute and a half here uh, before mm -hmm. we head into our next section um between the three of you and the organization, is there another uh, national campaign that's coming up? Sean? I don't think we've decided yet, but I, you know, I think love to explore opportunities to sort of continue this concept of, of rivalries and mascots. You know, we can consider basketball. We can consider um, any other <laughs> sort of spring sport. Who knows? Uh, but I think the, the sort of we sort of figured out that people do really really care about their mascots and they really do care about their sports teams and it's just tweaking that dial a little bit and getting people excited about the amazing work that we're conducting on the ground to support our mascots and 
um, connecting with the right individuals and establishing those campaigns that truly make a difference. And I think, uh, you know, this last one we did was a perfect test to that. Well, it, it, it also is just raising such awareness that you're changing the model moving forward. You're creating a new model of how conservation can move forward. So on that note, we're going to have to take a little break, but stick with us because we have lots more to talk about on Our Wild World with uh, Sean Carnell, Madeline McMillan, and Rita Strickland. So we'll be right back. Wildlife. No wild, no life. Big, scary, beautiful. Predators are in danger. Without them, our rivers dry up. Our forests don't grow. Our communities go hungry. Our biodiversity crumbles. Wildlife drives our planet's ecosystems. The wild effect. It's in our hands. Ellie founded Wild Eyes Foundation because she loves Africa and to remind us that there are more harmonious and less destructive ways to live on our planet. She does this so we may be able to look inside ourselves and understand the deeper partnerships that connect us all and to take responsibility for our lives and our Earth. Africa is one of our last remaining wild places and the origins of humanity. It is irreplaceable. Africa is at a crossroads, on the brink of possibilities. We can choose to let its wildlife be lost forever, or we can help save it. In Africa, it is still possible to make a difference. Visit us at www.wildeyes.org to learn how you can make a difference. We only have one Earth. If we don't care, who will? W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. You're listening to Ellie Weiss and Our Wild World. We want to hear from you. Call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send us an email, please send it to wildeyes at wildeyes.org. That's W-I-L-D-I-Z-E at W-I-L-D-I-Z-E dot O-R-G. Now, back to our wild world. Welcome back. This is Ellie Weiss, Our Wild World, and we're talking tigers and elephants today and students identifying with their mascots and doing something different and helping conserve their mascots, elephants and tigers, in the wild. So both uh, organizations, the Clemson University Student Body uh, Tigers for Tigers, so actually it's three organizations, the National Tigers for Tigers Coalition, which is now a project under the National Wildlife Refuge Association, which brings such huge scope, and now the addition of an administrative model that works alongside the groundswell, grassroots, student body level up tied for tusks at Alabama. So, uh, Rita, why don't you give us just a little idea? Um, We ended previously with asking Madeline where this would like to go at Clemson. Where would you like to see tied for tusks go as a nonprofit and as a part of Alabama, the University of Alabama? Well, as a nonprofit, I'd really like to be worked out of a job. I'd really like. Oh, you stole my line. <laughs> I'd really like for um, the poaching to end 
And 96 elephants live every day instead of being killed every day. That's, that's what I would like from a nonprofit. Um, as far as with the students, uh, there are 10 students that would like to go to Africa in summer one. Uh, and uh, they would come up with their own project, um, hands-on learning. And, and to do this, we would like to sponsor them. We would like to have, uh, offer them scholarships to um, might be a word that we would use. Um, and then there would be two faculty members that would go with them. So 12 that we'd like to send uh, during summer one. And um, CITES uh, will have a convention in South Africa uh, in September. And riding along the, um, this train to stop uh, the illegal sale of ivory or a global ivory band. We would like for our mascot to summit Kilimanjaro. We'd like Big Al to climb uh, with three other students and shout from the rooftops of Africa to once and for all stop ivory trade to um, have a global ivory band. Which and is, that this is a really noble goal. And we here in the West are fighting very hard for it. We've got Wild Aid doing campaigns in Asia. So just to reiterate for our listeners, elephants are killed for their ivory. And the ivory market is a huge illegal black market. And it has a lot to do with two previous CITES decisions where they allowed in two separate years one-off sales, one to Japan and one to China. So there was a legal there is a legal ivory market, and yet under CITES, which we have to remember the operative word, there is trade in endangered species of flora and fauna. So the common ground is we need to have these species alive to trade in them. Um, so CITES needs a little uh, readjustment in terms of the, uh, the one health of the ecosystems where these animals live, whether it's tigers or elephants. So COP16 coming up this year is very big, and um, I hope elephants will be as much on the um, agenda as rhino horn because South Africa is home to the world's largest population of rhinos and uh, breeding farms to sell rhino horn. So right now, rhino horn is illegal. The only way to get it is to kill the rhino, which... Um, you can cut off a rhino horn and leave the rhino alive. You cannot cut off the tusk of an elephant and leave the elephant alive. So it's, it's huge. And as Rita was saying, we are losing 96 elephants, if not more, a day. So in, in the time that we've had this 52-minute conversation, do the math, we've lost that many elephants. And it's getting on a huge scale of illegal wildlife marketing. We're not talking the individual poacher that is going out and killing an elephant or a rhino or a tiger. We're talking cartels. This is international crime. So um, you want, in terms of what you were just talking about, Rita, sorry, I had to go in there and give you a little bit of the conservation side. Um, You want to bring 10 students and two faculty members. And so once again, folks, Go to www.tiedfortusks.org, and is right there on the homepage. It says "Make a Donation," and you can make a difference by helping ten students who are doing everything we've just talked about for the last 
hour and where we're going now to make a difference. Everybody can make a difference. And what is really important about our students going to the places where their mascots live in the wild is the exchange and transfer of information and learning about differing cultures. We're very fortunate here in the U.S. to sort of live in a bubble that we kind of forget that there is a much larger world out there beyond our two uh, oceans. There's a lot happening out there with a very different perspective. So, um, Rita and Sean, I'd like to address for a little bit what was the reaction of your students or you when, that you went when you met the people on the ground, and what was their reaction to you? And has that carried forward? Let's start with you, Rita. Okay, uh, on the ground in Africa. Yes. Uh, it, well, it, it's almost your family that you never met. Um, it, your eyes are just open to so much. But everyone on the ground in Africa was just warm and open to talk about things. Of course, Americans come over and they we want to stick a cam in the corner of something so that we can watch the elephants go by. And then you realize, well, you know, there's not an electrical source. There's not constant internet. And if we do this and we show where the location is, then poachers will know where they can go to get the elephants. So it changes your way of thinking. You you think out, you don't think like you do necessarily in the States when you're on the ground. Um, and I just, I need to just interject. You just made a really, okay. really important point that here in our Western culture, we tend to digitize. We live through the virtual world. We want to film it and look at, at it and post it. So we're not really there when you're watching the elephant walk by. So it's really kind of wonderful to not have that digital connection. I mean, it's, it's always Africa needs the digital connection. Don't get me wrong. Um, but what it does is it makes you be present. Instead of looking at it through a viewfinder, you are actually watching the world. And that's how you get to learn about animals, by watching them. That, that's absolutely correct. And after a while, you realize that you, you can't tweet or you can't send all of this information at one time and you stay in that moment. And when you have a meal, everyone sits down at the table together. There aren't TVs going on. There aren't cell phones going off. And you communicate on a different level. Uh, and um, you're actually I think that talking person to person. You are. And you're exchanging face face. ideas. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you can tell that you're communicating. Uh, and you don't, you, you don't realize that um, how difficult it is when you come back to the States. And you go into a restaurant and there's five TV screens. And everyone has their mobile device there. And no one's listening or communicating face to face. Actually, uh, I, I do understand. It's culture shock. <laughs> Um, I'll spend three months in the bush and then I come back and it's it's overwhelming. So the flip side of that is I think it's mandatory that students and young people get out of the United States and go to a developing world, which is what both of your programs are doing, Russia, um, India, and Tanzania, other places in Africa, to make that connection. Whenever I – Africa humbles me. It keeps me real. And that's, 
that's sort of what's missing here is the reality of this connection to everything that's going around us, people to people and people to non-humans, people to the biodiversity and the biosphere, our earth. We've kind of lost that connection due to the wonderful talents of a man like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. It's connected it, con- connected us, but it's also disconnected us. So, Sean, I'd like to go to you for a second and um, sort of the comeback of the transfer of what happened on the ground. And since then, which has been, I think, a year now or maybe two since your team went to India. Yeah, so I'd love to talk about that and just sort of sort of expand on that point you just made as well, too. Um, yeah, so we, we have fantastic relationships with our, our partners on the ground. They're fantastic people to work with, whether we're working in India or Russia. Um, and we truly believe that, you know, our, our partners on the ground are, are the ones that are, are leading the charge. And, and I think that's what makes our, our relationships with them so great. Um, so we've had fantastic relationships and they're already continuing to grow and thrive. Um, and I think that's that's sort of where we see our successes in Tigers for Tigers is working directly with local smaller NGOs on the ground that are truly moving the ball for conservation. And where somebody uh, like Madeline is important because she keeps the um, energy going at Clemson and keeping that building, sort of taking that off your plate so you can focus on the national side and the relation, building these partnerships with uh, people like Rita. And who knows where this model can go. You said you wanted to address another point I'd talking. Uh, yeah, sure. About. Yeah, sure. And I think going back to the whole, you know, establishing relevancy to towards communities and particularly in millennials. And I know, um, I I think we sort of think about uh, the use of technology and how that's sort of disconnecting people in nature and how do we sort of reestablish those connections and um, to our, our sort of wildness and that sort of primitive identity that we have in connection to this world earth. Um, and I think that's what Tigers for Tigers is trying to solve is where, you know, we, we still feel this like primitive connection to nature when we're thinking about our communities and our networks and what Madeline's doing. And, you know, I don't want to speak on our behalf, but she's truly doing amazing, amazing work sort of reconnecting, uh, sort of our wildness into our identity. And although it's in a small community called the university, but it's still connecting us, uh, towards our wild mascot, towards something bigger than ourselves. And, and we're building those connections and making it more relevant by doing international conservation work and connecting students to those projects on the ground. Well, it's not really small, Sean, because when you think of how many universities are across the globe, True. that these connections can be made. And, um, I wish every university had some sort of an animal or non-human mascot but if we can bring about the awareness that the three of you are doing this is a huge shift we are pushing the paradigm in a whole different direction um one that we need to go in so um madeline um is there anything you would like to add we've got a few minutes left here of uh where you're going to take clemson to the next steps for your your teams there Sure. Yeah. Um, so at Clemson, uh, you know, we just like I've said before, we keep getting bigger. Um, we want to continue building our partnerships that we have in India and um, possibly expand that to some other places like Bangladesh as well. Um, we'd like to continue to support really like Sean was talking about uh those smaller NGOs that are making big movements. I think that's something that's really important that we do at Tigers for Tig- Clemson Tigers for Us and the National Coalition, like Sean was saying, to support those people because. It's, it's some people wonder like, okay, well, there's no tigers in America, so what do you, 
in the wild. So what are you really doing? Um, but it's through support of those organizations that are out there that we really can make a difference. And uh, there's always those negative people that um, say like, well, you're just a college student. You know, what do you what can you do? Um, what difference are you making? But I just like everyone to know that every individual can make a difference. And, My response um, to that question is I am the future. That's sure, what every absolutely. student today can say, I am the future. So whether of my generation, I'm still working, but, you know, passing the torch and seeing the torch picked up by all of you is just so inspiring and gives me hope because I'm inundated daily with bad news. So it's great to have these kinds of conversations where we know the good news and that, as Madeline just said, Every person can make a difference, and each of us is creating the future. So, um, Rita, do you have some final words for us? Um, I'm just so excited that I could work with uh, Sean and with Madeline. And um, even though, as we said at the beginning, we are rivals on the field, and this was during football, we are partners in, in the wild, uh, and we just found a common ground. It's not that we don't disagree on some things in sports or our our school colors, but what we did was we just found where we could agree, and we used that as a strong foundation to build upon. And that is is really going to be the future in this new model of conservation. We have to find the common ground, those things mm -hmm. that we all want, and then work the details out. And it can happen, whether it's trophy hunting, whether it's poaching, whether it's captivity, industrialized farming of um, wildlife to industrialized farming of food animals, farm animals. We are making a difference. And this is so exciting. So, um, and, and talking with you, Rita, it just makes me smile because I, I'd call you a newbie, but, and it just fills me with this wonderful lightness of being because you're out there. And that's really important. So I want to thank you um, for your excitement and for your inspiration. So we've got um, just a little bit time here left. Sean, what's your final takeaway? Uh, yeah, so if you want to learn more about the National Coalition and our work at the Refuge Association, you can find us out at www.tigersfortigers.org. We are also on Facebook and Twitter, and we just started an Instagram account too. So if you want to learn more about our work, feel free to check us out on our website. Definitely, listeners, you have to check out both of these websites and check out the Clemson University. Madeline, do you have a website for your, um, or is it under the Clemson University? What's your website? It is T4TClemson.org. And then we also have a Facebook and Twitter as well, Clemson Tigers for Tigers. Yeah, I would love to. Sorry. No, we just love to have people check it out. Yeah. so, listeners, check it out. You can make a difference. You can make a donation. You and understand that your money is not going to a nonprofit for overhead. It's going to help transfer knowledge between us and you and them, so that we all come together to make our wild world stay into the future. So, I want to thank you, Sean, Madeline, and Rita. It's been a fabulous conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And I hope to catch up with you again and uh, talk more about where this is going. But until then, that's it for today. This is Our Wild World and Ellie Weiss. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you again for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Our Wild World with your host, Ellie Weiss, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think about living with wildlife during the coming week and what you can do right now. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 